Welcome to another Generally Assembled, uh, your favorite PA House Republican podcast. I am Jason Gottesman, joined by Neil Lesher and Jesse Topper. All right. Back again. That's Je- right. Jesse, you had so much fun last week. You came back for I another did, round. I did. I did. And and my mom did say it was the best political podcast she's ever listened to. M- my mom said you were better than me. So, well. <laughs> my, my mom doesn't listen to podcasts. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. <laughs> See, I thought that the reason you were here is because you only had half the fun last time. So you came here for the full experience. No, I just think I mean I think this is uh, this is a good opportunity for me to to save you guys from save us from ourselves. Me, yeah, for saving yeah. from yourselves. Yeah. Hey, before we get into the important stuff, I heard uh, your bison had a uh, big victory over the Clearfield bison. That's right. Yes, uh, Rep Sankey um, was just in tears. So it was it was it was a pretty heard, rough night. For heard him. you were talking smack all week. Yeah, well, and then we we won. Well deserved. I think fifty four uh, thirteen. So. Well, yeah, that's embarrassing. Yeah, so yeah, we got we got we got a big one though this week. We play Central, um, which is the only team that beat us this year, and uh, so now it's me against Jim Gregory. Oh. And um, that already has been uh, that you know there's already been some smack talk going on there. So listen, if you can't if you can't, I don't know what else we would have done on the floor for the 15 hours we were there yesterday. You know, other than <laughs> listening talk, to filibusters, listening to uh, motions to postpone, and um, it was that was something else. Well, yeah, it seems to be this week the House Democrats' philosophy is if you can't beat them, which they can't, just delay them. No, and I think that is that's look the minority party uh, always has. A couple of those tools in their toolboxes just to delay, but I think I think that when you really look at the issues, a lot of the arguments that were being made, specifically on the concealed carry, uh, were not were not legitimate arguments in terms of what the bill actually did. No, they were completely. It, you know, it's almost like uh, Governor Wolf was going to said even this morning he's going to veto the bill. They probably didn't even read it. No, and that's that's kind of his modus operandi. Um, but there was just talking points, and I, I, that's kind of what you always have with with gun debates: is you have your talking points that you come in with, but a lot of times you don't actually look at the bill. Uh, you know, right. they kept talking about how we're making it easier to get weapons, and no, nothing about this changes how you purchase a weapon or get a weapon. This was or, or all, a background check. That's right. This is this is simply uh, that the right to open carry, which already exists, extends now to the right to conceal. Um, which 21 other states have done. It's not like we're on the, you know, the vanguard of something right. new here. But hey, look, it's a chance to. I, I I was sitting in the back, and I won't mention who the Democrat was, but it was uh, it was a you know liberal Democrat. He and I are on the opposite side of a lot of issues, but he he leaned back in his chair and he looked at me and he goes, "We should just take the cameras out of the room." Right. And and even he'd acknowledge that a lot of this was grandstanding and, and it's what you can put on your Facebook page and what you can get your hits with. But um, and but it's help not your really statewide campaign. That's right. But it's not really about right. your, your the, next the now, this viral moment. Yeah. Viral moment. Well, See, I want to stay away from viral moments. Right, I don't right. know. Well, there's good viral moments. There's well, bad like, viral yeah. moments. I mean, listen, my boys, when 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 Rep Reese and I did the um, you know, getting them to play sports, right? Yes. We, we wanted yes. these kids to have the opportunity to play. And I got my little 15 minutes, right? With, yep, I remember. You know, and I remember Chris I, showed, I showed the, the boys, um, you know, Marco Rubio, you know, retweeted it, right? And the boys like, eh. And I'm like, Dan Pongino, you know, retweeted it. Eh. But when they saw Larry the Cable Guy, yeah. that's like, <laughs> that's made, made it. That's made it. Larry the Cable Guy saw it. Well, and I think, but you, you know, you make a very salient point. And, and I think one of the things that we, I noticed yesterday is that more and more when, when Democrats are confronted with, how, with, with facts compared to their rhetoric, the only thing they can resp- respond with is blind rage. And I think you even saw some of that take place 
on the floor yesterday with several interruptions of proceedings and, you know, the people yelling things at the, the chair, the speaker from the floor. In my eight years here, I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen that. You know, I've been here for Speaker Sam Smith. I've been here with Speaker Torzai. I've been here with Cutler. Um, I've never seen the kind of disrespect shown the chair uh, that we saw yesterday. I think it's unfortunate, and, and I think on a serious note, uh, it, it does not do well for the institution. And, and they might think it does. They might think that it shows that they're fighting. Um, but I, I disagree. I think it just shows a lack of uh, a lack of respect and, quite frankly, decency about debate. And and it's gonna it's just gonna continue to inflame tensions. Well, I, I mean, I think and I think one of the things that it, that's the main cause of that on their side is that we just keep putting up wins on the board. I mean, we use our majority to make sure that w what we want gets done and they feel not only are they not only are they severely fractured on that other side and there was a story in the Philadelphia Inquirer this week about how the Philadelphia delegation is getting challenged from the left now uh, in primary so they have to have to go further to the left mm -hmm. in some of the stuff that they're doing um, but you know when we use the majority to pass you know, solid, conservative, principled pieces of legislation and a substantive agenda, and they don't have a say because not only can they are they not unified in their messaging, but their messaging and their ideas are so bad that the only thing they have is to stand on the floor and use uh, arguments that aren't based in fact, and then when that doesn't work, just respond with delay tactics, and you know that's that's an effective use of the majority to advance things that you know. Look, if you compare this to what happens. In, in the U.S. Congress is that there are so many more procedural taxes. A minority party can actually win uh, on some procedural things and get things accomplished and get, you know, some policy things in that can kill the bill. But, you know, our majority here is is so effective that that they don't have that opportunity. So, of course, they get angry. Sure. What do you think, Neil? Well, um, I think um, that was a great transition. It was a great transition. I, well, these Another over there. Representative Topper and I just looked at each other. We're like, yeah, we got nothing else to say. Let's well, go on with Neil. Neil. Well, let's talk Neil about just bridge like... tolling. How about that? Let's talk about bridge, bridge tolling. tolling. Another overreach by so the So we're going to toll the tolls. We're going to toll the tolls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we, uh, the House passed uh, a Senate bill. So I guess it's on its way back over to the Senate. And what that bill does is it stops uh, the governor's controversial P3 tolling plan. Uh, you know, they picked 10 bridges across the Commonwealth. Of course, eight of those are in Republican districts um, to, you know, essentially enact tolls on them. Uh, it's been very controversial. And I think what the Wolf administration did was kind of pull a fast one and take the P3 law and misuse it. Right. right. The P3 board voted to approve uh, some tolling concept without listing the bridges. And there's already a mechanism in the law for the legislature to disapprove of uh, one of these P3 plans, but they didn't give a list of bridges or anything for the legislature to react to. Once the time frame in the statute expired, then PennDOT puts out the list of bridges. You know, people in those communities start to express concerns. Um, so we, we have to go another route, which is change the P3 statute, nullify that plan, and make PennDOT start over. Well, I think that there's a, a, you know, as we were talking about before on uh, the constitutional carry bill, there, there needs to be some truth in advertising here about what the, the legislation does, because it's not a bill that is anti-tolling. It's a process bill. Right. It's transparency. A, right. And, and transparency. So, you know, look, people go, oh, well, you, it's a Republican. The P3 bill is a Republican bill. How could you go back and change it? Well, I mean, look, sometimes when legislation is not used in the way it was originally intended, uh, future legislatures, be they Republican or not, have the opportunity to go back and say, yeah, you know what? We need to put stronger safeguards in this bill so that, um, 
you know, this stuff doesn't get misused. And that is, you know, like we've seen with um, the constitutional amendments that were introduced by the speaker, like we've seen with uh, several other pieces of legislation that have come through, although going all the way back to the start of the pandemic, this is about the legislature taking the power back to provide transparency and oversight on what essentially amounts to a tax on commuters and increasing the cost of transporting goods uh, across the Commonwealth at a time when we can well, least afford it. Right, and, and it's also a timing issue. So the problem, when, when things are in the hands of the legislature, we can react and say, look, you know, they're having a hearing in transportation right now on the supply chain shortage. Uh, so is this is this a good time when you already can't find uh, truckers and you can't find companies mm-hmm. to move product to add additional costs onto them? And you do have uh, the monopoly money, you know, flowing in from D.C. Right. Um, very <clears throat> shortly, which, you know, we 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 can debate the the efficacy of that and 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 whether that's just going to lead to further inflation and all these things but my point is you have to be able to adjust what you have and and covid has changed the landscape the economy ground to a halt and so all of these things need to be taken into consideration and that's why i think we moved uh, the legislation that we did but i think that's an important point on the federal money you know we get we all have different opinions maybe on the efficacy of that but the reality is the money is coming Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, as I say, you mean, you can tax me at the federal level, at the state level or at the local level. It's all coming out of the same pocket. That's right. And so now that now that that money's coming from the feds, then I think, look, we're going to end up paying for that as well. We don't need to pay for it twice. And it's not a small number. I mean, I have the numbers here. Pennsylvania specific. You know, we're expected to get eleven point three billion dollars for highways and one point six billion dollars for bridge replacements over the next five years. And that's a lot of money. It is. And and. I just I, I think it's important that that our listeners understand uh, that this is all taxpayer dollars and and the more that we just keep printing money at the federal level it's it's unsustainable um, and I'm I'm just very concerned uh, once again for the future of of our kids and grandkids uh, and the economy that they're going to be handed uh, the inflation there's there's a lot to be concerned about um, and so again because of all of this happening currently, I think it was very prudent what we did to go back and say, whoa, 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 let's let's put a hold on this and let's see if we can't figure out a better way to do it. Well, I thought the governor's argument as to why he's going to veto the bill uh, has been very, or why he says he's going to veto the bill is, is, is very interesting because uh, I think it was in WGAL he said uh, basically like, well, when asked about the federal money, he goes, well, hold on, that's one-time money that we need to use for continuing projects. Like, we can't spend that all at once, which is funny because that's exactly what we said with the federal stimulus dollars about right. why we were saving it. Right. And uh, so, you know, look. Well, but, maybe, he's, maybe he sees things uh, the way we see him now. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. If somebody once told me that if hypocrisy ever goes out of style in Harrisburg, then a lot of people will be out of a lot of jobs. Uh, but um, but that, that being said, it reminds me of the other thing that uh, what happens when Democrats are in the majority, which is when they lose the ability to complain because they're in the minority about and use procedural tactics to delay and use blind rage when that doesn't work. When they're majority, the only idea they ever have is to just give out other people's money uh, as much as they possibly can because that's the only strategy they have to help people try to like them. Absolutely. Right. All right, well, we're kind of wrapping up the end here, but Neil, you had a very special guest that you were showing around the Capitol this week. Why don't you talk about that? Yeah, so uh, I made a new friend this week, and I know Jesse is dying to so, jump in right now and say that that's hard for me to do, but he's yeah. biting his tongue. No, no, um, that, that puts you up to, what, three, four three, friends? Yeah. Um, his name is Josh. Wait, Gold- how did you get three friends? Three friends um, uh, through Facebook. Like, can you, can you, like, teach me how to make friends? Oh, yeah. I don't... Of course. All right. Thank you. Well, if you meet uh, folks like Josh, it's, it's kind of easy. So uh, his name is Josh Golombiowski. 
Uh, he's a very special guy. Uh, you know, Josh is living with Down syndrome, the age of 23 years old. And he was here at the Capitol to be correctly recognized uh, for his achievements. See, when Josh was three years old, he received a wish from the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And the next year, at the age of four years old, believe it or not, um, he decided he wanted to pay it forward and give back. So that year, he raised enough money to send another kid and, and that kid's family to Disney World. And each year since, he's picked a different project or a couple projects. Um, in the last 16 years, he's raised over $60,000 for various charitable causes in his communities. If you want to learn more about Josh's visit, all uh, the video and photos are up on Facebook at facebook.com slash But, you know, I think just going into the holiday season, uh, Josh left with me and I think a lot of people an important lesson, which is I think we could all do a little bit better, you know, help a neighbor, um, give back to our communities, just be a good person. So, Josh, if you're listening, keep up the good work, brother. Absolutely. You know, I got, got to meet him after the appropriations meeting, and um, what a great spirit, and, and it does. It, it's humbling uh, to, meet, to meet folks like that who, look, have every reason in the world to, to say, you know, life was not fair to them or, or against them. Um, but a kid like Josh, he doesn't look at it that way. He looks at it like, you know, he just he felt like he was the happiest guy in the world. And uh, it was it was a, a very touching and really appreciate Stan bringing him in. And, and once again, uh, reminds us all that sometimes we get caught up and we think that what we do here, you know, is and it's important. I'm not going to say it's not, um, but it's not the end all be all. And, and we have to remember that. And, and kids like uh, like Josh, I say kid because, you know, I'm 40 now, so everybody's a kid. But, um, you know, just have have, it was it was a really special time to see that and, and a good reminder for all of us. All right, kids. Well, that's uh, it for this uh, podcast, this episode of Generally Assembled. Again, I am Jason Gottesman. I'm Neil Lesher. Jesse Topper. And that's it. You can find this podcast uh, where all your favorite PAHouseGOP.com podcasts are found. Uh, go to www.PAHouseGOP.com slash my podcasts. That's it. We're Generally Assembled. We're out.